Electric Friends, a Gary Newman podcast celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer. One of the many fascinating things about Gary Newman is that he has had several different eras. And while we usually might focus on the machine era of the late 70s, early 80s, or his resurgent post-sacrifice industrial era, it's easy to forget his wilderness years of the late 80s and early 90s. Before he changed things up for the better with 1994's Sacrifice, see the magic episode for more on that, Gary was somewhat struggling to find his sound and voice in the hopes of recapturing his chart-topping success. And because of this, he released a few albums that even the most die-hard Gary Newman fans would perhaps avoid listening to much today, and Gary himself, I'm sure, would say they weren't up to standard. But saying that, I think we could all say that even his so-called worst albums have their own gems and their own passionate fans to defend it. For this episode, we'll tackle one of his ultimate Marmite albums, and for me, easily the best song from it. So let's go back to 1991 and Gary Newman's Outland album and the track Heart. Does she make you laugh? Does she make you cry? Does she call you? was Gary's 10th album and was released in March 1991. It was his second and last album under the IRS Records label during a period of financial struggles. Musically, Outland followed where he left off with 1988's Metal Rhythm and uh, it maintained the previous album's synth-pop dance-funk style and the use of female backing singers and heavy saxophone use. The electro-jazz stylings of Outland also follow on from Gary's 1989 collaboration album with Bill Sharp, Automatic, but we'll tackle that another time. 
However, Outland also has elements that make it feel like it was on a path towards the kind of material he'll make in the future on more credible albums. Its dystopian lyrics and concept-ish album nature feel more like modern Newman, and if anything, Outland features more obvious references to science fiction than any other album he ever released. Uh, the album features lots of vocal samples from classic sci-fi and action movies of the 80s, including Blade Runner, The Terminator, Aliens, and Predator, while the title of Outland itself may be a reference to 1981 science fiction film of the same name. In both his autobiographies, Praying to the Aliens and Revolution, Gary explains in detail the difficulties he had with making Outland for IRS records under the watchful eyes of label bosses Steve Tannett and Miles Copeland, the brother of Stuart Copeland and the manager of the police and Sting for a long period. Outland was produced by Gary himself alongside his frequent collaborator at the time, Mike Smith, on drum programming, guitar and keyboards. He was joined on the album by Keith Beauvais on guitar, uh, Tim Whitehead and Dick Morrissey on saxophone, Russell Bell on guitar, Paul Harvey on rhythm and slide guitar, Nick Beggs on stick and guitar, and backing vocals from Kathy Ogden. And speaking of revolution, Gary makes it clear that making the Outland album wasn't exactly a happy experience. Outland was finally finished in early autumn and Mars Copeland and Steve, the label MD, came to the house to listen. It was a very stressful hour, as so much as riding on their reaction. They'd already taken up the second option of ideal, which meant another big and badly needed advance. But after so many strange suggestions and flip-flopping opinions, I was nervous about what plans they had in mind. All I wanted to hear was that they liked the album and would release it as it was. Their reaction was exactly what I'd hoped it would be. They said it was brilliant, exactly what they were hoping for. They congratulated me and Mike, said lots of lovely things about what they were going to do to promote it, and left. We were all completely over the moon, for about a week, when we had a phone call saying it wasn't what they wanted after all, and they needed some changes. They wanted to change the word infected to affected in one song. I couldn't understand how that would make any difference at all. I had to get the girl singer to come back, remix the entire track, and then rent for the second time the special equipment we'd use to compile it. Redoing that one word cost me several thousand pounds. I sent them version two, and they were very happy for about two weeks. Then they asked for some more minor changes. I did them and sent version three. Then they asked for some more. So I tweaked it yet again and sent version four. Finally, they were happy for long enough to see it released. I've been working on it so long by then, I was sick of listening to it. Elaborating on what it was like to work with Miles Copeland, Gary continued, I was finding it harder and harder to deal with Miles Copeland's suggestions about what I should be doing to make my music more successful. I began to feel as if I had been signed not for what I did, but as something to be moulded into what Miles thought I should be. He thought I should get a dance remix of an Outland song called My World Storm, so he sent over a couple of men for me to work with. They spent the first 20 minutes or so telling me how I'd messed up my entire career, which I listened to very patiently. Then they began working on the song, leaping around, pushing faders and pressing buttons, all the time praising each other with words like wicked and crucial. I took it for as long as I could, 
before leaning forward to tell them the panel they were using wasn't turned on and all their crucial twiddling was doing fuck all. I ended up calling them the Bollocks Brothers and that was the end of that remix. The opening of Outland sounds very much like something that would belong on future albums like Sacrifice or Pure, so you could see that Gary was already working his way towards such a dark and industrial sound, if he, even if he wasn't really aware of it at the time. Instrumental interludes on Outland also add to the album's cinematic atmosphere. And of the album, Newman recalled in Praying to the Aliens, the American producers Jam and Lewis were a big influence on Outland. I thought their grooves were extremely clever. Perhaps I should have taken the percussion thing and added something else to it, but my songwriting followed the black funk dance rock style as well. It wasn't entirely what my fans had been hoping for, although some thought it was one of my best albums. Being so involved and responsible for virtually every aspect of it, from writing to production to engineering, I felt it was a very personal record. By mastering the technology, I was able to get closer to the sounds in my head. A lot of the album has that pop-funk sound that Gary had been trying for a while, and it must, have be, it must be said that a lot of it does sound a bit dated now, with uh, Gary hiding his vocals more and more behind big production, drum beats and Kathy Ogden's vocals. But that doesn't mean the album is bad by any means. I have quite a lot of joy from listening back to this album uh, for the first time in years making this podcast. It's the right amount of funky, and it has just enough Newman to not make it feel like you're totally lost. Um, it'll be interesting to see how I feel when I get around to Machine and Zoll for future episodes episode. While I haven't listened to Outland that much compared to other Newman albums, there's been one song that has become a personal favourite of mine over the years, and it's the album's lead single, Heart. It's a surprising choice of single, as it doesn't necessarily showcase what the album is about, and it has Gary at one of his most tender moments. It's a genuine love song, if you will. And because of this, it's definitely a Marmite choice among fans, and we'll get onto that in a moment, but it seems a lot of people don't think it should have been chosen as a single. I personally disagree, as I think Hart is one of his true gems of this era from around 1986 to 1992, uh, perhaps his very best. Um, now, I am a bit of a sucker for this sort of 80s soft rock, blue-eyed soul, whatever you want to call it, kind of music. And I think if someone like, say, Scritti Politti or Robert Palmer or even a band like Hue and Cry did this song, I think it would be taken a lot more seriously. But because Gary didn't do this kind of thing very often, if ever, it probably didn't go down that well with fans or critics alike at the time. But I really love the synths on the song and the saxophone work from Tim Whitehead is gorgeous. And not only are Gary's vocals rather lovely on this song, but I have to say this is one of the few occasions where I love the female backing vocals. The um, harmonies created by Kathy the Olden are stunning in this song and I, I really wish this was a hit back in 91 uh, but perhaps it had come three or four years too late for radio to play it
exciting videos of all time it was shot at Pinewood and it sees Gary and who I'm told is Christine Peak as the female love interest in a black and white or chrome effect in the video there is an HD version on YouTube that you should definitely check out if you haven't already uh, but yeah while some fans might think it's a bit naff Heart is one of my favourite Gary tracks and one I think you should be proud of from this era um, indeed my best mate Sam who I've seen Gary live with many times is a big fan so much so that he sent me this about the song uh, Heart for me is Gary's most hauntingly beautiful song a woeful tale about a man who cannot shake his love for someone that is wrong for him. He knows she's gone, but he's trapped. This set against the counterpoint of her forlorn response, including the truly heartbreaking line, time helps you forget me. For someone that has felt the full breadth of a broken heart, the lyrics, atmosphere and mix of sorrow, sympathy and pity is a deep cut, yet glorious. The 7-inch cassette featured the track Ice House, while the 7-inch red vinyl had Shame as its B-side. The 12-inch uh, had the Renegade Soundwave 1991 remix of Our Friends Electric, as well as the song Tread Careful, uh, while the CD single had Ice House and Tread Careful. Heart sadly stalled at number 43 in the UK charts in 1991, which is a travesty, obviously. Um, as for the album as a whole, Gary explained. Outland was released in March 91, reached number 39, and sold more than 30,000 copies in the UK, which wasn't too bad at all. I was actually quite pleased with that. IRS only released one single from it, though, a song called Heart, mainly because they were still upset that I hadn't wanted to go down the dance remix route, I think. I'm not sure that releasing another single would have helped much. Outland was also released in the USA, but I suspect IRS had already decided not to bother by then, as they did almost nothing to promote it. I did one interview with the US journalist 
who wasn't even aware I had a new album out, which pretty much said it all. The 14-day Outland tour started that same month with a slightly changed band lineup. My brother John was still there, as was Cedric on drums, but Mike Smith on keyboards, Keith Beauvais, a new guitar player who had played on both Motor Rhythm and Outland, and backing singer Jackie Raw joined. And as I said earlier, when asking for people's thoughts about the song and album, it was a very mixed bag. Some didn't like the album, but at least loved Heart. Others quite liked the album, but weren't a fan of Heart at all. So here are a few highlights. Uh, on Facebook, Wayne XLX said, uh, brilliant track, the only one from that record for me. Anthony Faulkner uh, said, although Heart is a dreary, forgettable ballad, it's not dreadful and not his worst single. I can't stop and new anger are contenders. Just my opinion. No hate, please. Uh, Carl Leeper said, let's be fair, nothing Newman has done is bad, but it's just some is better than others. And it also shows his diversity over the years. I agree. And music was shit in 1992 anyway. And what Newman was doing was still a lot better than uh, most of the rest and I agree Carl it's that weird era of like the late 80s early 90s and I feel like there was obviously some really great stuff going on at the time but I feel like it's one of those eras along with maybe the late 50s early 60s where it's just just a bit naff there's not a lot of it sounds really dated a lot of it's that stock Aitman Waterman type stuff and yeah it's um, probably one of those eras that doesn't get remembered as as well uh, James Brinson said I know Machine and Soul is always described as Newman's worst album f- but for me it is Outland it's the least played by far but the song Heart I feel is brilliant and I have so many memories of it as it was a track on a local pub video jukebox which was a rarity back in the day uh, Mitch Maxin said Outland holds a special place and Heart has been on repeat multiple times Stephen Forrest Welling said I quite like the lyrical structure of it the call and answer but it shouldn't have been a single and the video is awful uh, and Debbie Plum said I do like the album to be fair but it came out only a few years after I was introduced to Gary and was old enough to see him tour so it's a bit of a sentimental attachment over on Twitter Andy McH said regarding the album this was one of his worst albums for lyrics which to fading memory all go I like this I don't like that (laughs) and I know exactly what you mean Uh, Nat Lockwood said um, when I started my big Newman collection uh, Heart was one of the first 7 inch vinyls I purchased the red colour version alongside a black 12-inch and CD single. I recently managed to get my hands on a black 7-inch vinyl a couple of weeks ago. Set complete. It's a more relaxing song for sure. Paul Hunsden said, Not feeling 100%, so I took Outland to bed with me. Interval 1 is very similar to Start of Ghost Nation 30 years later. I agree. Uh, some tracks, okay, can handle Dream Killer and Whisper, but others, such as Dark Sunday, just sound like a regurge of Fury, uh, the Fury and Metal Rhythm stuff put together hastily. Artie Fashal said, Heart was really disappointing. I was just a loyal Numenoid going through the motions when I bought it. I played Outland again about a year ago. I think it's almost as bad as Machine and Soul. Very much a poor man's Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson, although I know others who like it. So very much a divisive track and album. But isn't that what following Gary all this time is all about? In terms of Newman News, he's planning a few meet and greets at his upcoming shows in London and the US. So if any of you listening do manage to go to one of these, please get in touch. Or if you've ever done one of these, I'd love to hear what these are like. I have met Gary a couple of times doing interviews but I've never done one of those sort of meet and greets pre or post show so I'd love to hear what they're like and any stories from them you have over the years Uh, Gary's daughter Raven who was supporting Gary at his London shows later this year is also starting work on her debut album with Gary's producer Aid Fenton so that's pretty exciting to hear what they come up with together Uh, and I'm also sending my thoughts and love out to Gemma and the whole Webb family as I know her father sadly passed away this week as I record this 
Um, hope you're all doing okay as can be and all us Numenoids send our love as ever um, and of course it's also a very belated happy 65th birthday to Gary Newman himself back on March the 8th so I'll be back next time with a new Newman track to dissect so please get in touch if you have enjoyed the podcast uh, you can either email me newmanpodcast at gmail.com newmanpodcast at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at newmanpodcast please give it a rating and review uh, wherever you get your podcast when you have a moment it means a huge amount when you do and uh, let me know what songs you'd like me to cover in future episodes so that's it for now take care and see you next time A Gary Newman podcast celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer. pioneer. pioneer.